Damas y caballeros, bienvenidos al Resident Report con yo, Izzy, en el Buffalo, Built-in Buffalo Network. Hey guys, how you doing? <laughs> Just put on my favorite commentator voice from uh, Spanish radio. Welcome to the Resident Report here on the Built-in Buffalo Network. It's your man, Izzy. How you guys doing today? I am here for it. Let's go ahead and do this thing. Today uh, was supposed to be secondary, but I threw in the special teamers because there's only like four of them, right? So it's like... I'm not going to do a whole show just for them. And I totally forgot about them, honestly. So, you know, we'll just knock those guys out first. You know, the first one's going to be real easy. No one's going to care. And we're just going to go through all of it, right? There's going to be a little bit of excitement with that group of people too, you know, one or two of them. <laughs> But um, happy to be with you guys on this glorious Sunday. <sighs> My only day off this week. But, you know, I'm here for it. I love you guys. And... In the chat, hey Izzy, happy Saturday, yes sir, you too, let's do this, absolutely. Louis Asenato, there we go, how you doing baby, welcome to the show. Uh, we got Penny, Penny's here again, look, I love I love having these people who, who weren't here from the beginning and then they're jumping in and now they're here regularly, Penny is one of those people, I don't remember her being here for the first show, but the last few weeks, Penny's been here, and she's giving me both positive and, you know, I don't want to say negative because she hasn't been negative at all. You know, she's been giving me some, some pushback on some things. So I like it. And my man FGH here, as always, uh, love the support, brother. I uh, appreciate it. Uh, as you guys know, he's been there for me and I for him since, uh, you know, Bill's Mafia International. We started that thing together. Um, well, when it became Bill's Mafia International, it used to be Canada. But uh, I'm not from Canada, but he, he brought me on. So I appreciate him forever. And he's forever my brother. Uh, my man Brent Harmon, there we go. Welcome back. I remember the name. I remember the name. My man Lone Wolf is always here. The Matt Battle, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, punt God versus Hold God, right? Well, we'll get to that too. That's gonna be a good one. See, and this is my first time watching. All right, Jacob, well, welcome to the show. This is the Red Zone Report. My name is Izzy, full name Ismael Manedo Jr., but I go by Izzy because most people can't say that. shit. So here we go. My man Robbie in the comments, let's go, Robbie from 716 Sports. Uh, do so. I've done some shows with him and I plan to in the future again. And I'll probably have him on here uh, one of these days. Uh, but yeah, Robbie, welcome. Uh, welcome back to the audience, baby. All right. So let's go ahead and get into this thing. As you guys know, with this whole series, I've put myself on the side of the screen over here. And then most of the screens taken up by a slideshow I made. And I did this just to make this thing more effective and efficient. Got some more comments rolling in. We got Christy Allen. Thanks for your time. Excited to hear more about special teams. And I covered special teams in other videos in this series, but it was more like the individual special teamers, like Tyler Medikevich and um, Tywin Jones. But this is going to cover more the kicker, the long snapper, the punters, uh, and, and their con contributions to the team. Uh, there will be also be, because the corners are here and the safeties, some of those guys that contribute on special teams will also be spoken about, and I'll mention who those guys are. And uh, their chances to join the team based on their ability to play special teams. So, yeah. Uh, thank you for uh, for being here for the show. Uh, then we got Welcome Jacob. There you go. So welcome to the crowd. I love it. See, uh, first uh, first person that ever pronounced my name right. Uh, good job. I'm guessing you mean good job, brother. Yeah. I say not to look. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. My last name is Portuguese. Your last name, I don't know what it is, but I'm guessing it's either Spanish or Portuguese. It could be Italian. I, I'm not sure. It's one of those Latin names, probably, unless you're like Samoan and just have a, you know, 
or Filipino and you just got a name like that, which happens too in the Pacific Islands. So I'm actually well versed with culture because I was, you know, I was in the military and in my time in service, I served with a whole bunch of people, you know, Mexicans. And, I met my first Mexican in the army. I was, I was, I'm born in Rochester, New York. I met like one Mexican after I joined the army there. Everybody else was Puerto Rican, Dominican. And when I joined the army, I met Samoans and Hawaiians and, you know, Mexicans and everybody, everybody. So it's, it's awesome, you know, but welcome to the show. See, awesome. It's the, the, the piece of the team I know the least about. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, you're going to be um, potentially pleasantly surprised or I'm going to be underwhelming. So let's hope it's the, the, the former. All right. Here we go. Jessica is back. Let's go, Jessica. All right. Always a pleasure to have you here. I think this is an important week for the punt god since rookies report tomorrow. Yes. Um, it's important for a bunch of rookies, including another one on this list here. No, at least at least one on the list. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be important for quite a few of these guys. And, yeah, we're, we're about to get into it. I'm going to pull something up real quick just for my own use. That way I can kind of know. Um, there's something I wanted to put on slides, and I totally forgot to do it. And it's a really simple, basic piece of information, but I can just pull up the team website and just read it off as I go. It doesn't matter. All right. Without further ado, we are going to jump into it. And let me type in the... Here we go. Oop. Italian is correct. Boom. I knew it was a Latin name, you know. I knew it was a Latin name. Uh, my guess was Portuguese, though. My last name is Portuguese, Manedo. See, beast of the East, you damn right. You damn right. Here we go. So the first one, long snapper Reed Ferguson. As I say right here on the slide, nothing to see here. He's going nowhere. Let's move on. All right, this is an easy one. He's our long snapper. He's been our long snapper. He's a very good long snapper. He's going to be part of the team. And there's really not much else to delve into with him. He, you know, snaps on kickoff, not kickoffs, field goals, and he snaps on punts. And that's his whole job. That's it. Nothing special, you know, but having a good long snapper is very important. Like uh, back in the day when we had John Dorenbos. So, yeah. He's not going anywhere. He's our guy. Next, Tyler Bass. My man Tyler Bass here. Uh... You know, this this writing might be hard for you guys to see. So what I'll do is I'll turn off my cam boop, and I will remove this graphic that goes around us. So that way the whole thing can be seen. And you guys, you know, you can barely see my face on the side anyway. So who cares? So Tyler Bass went to Georgia, Georgia Southern. Uh, he's five foot, 10 inches. He's 183 pounds. I put that in there because I could not find a RAS score for him. There was no information on that. But you know, it is what it is. And there was also no information for Reed Ferguson because he's a long snapper. So there was nothing to put out there. Um, but his stats this year, he was 28 to 32 on total field goals from 20 to 29 yards, 15 to 15 from 30 to 39 yards, seven of eight from 40 to 49 yards. He was four of five. And then from 50 yards plus he was two of four, right? So he only missed four field goals all year, pretty effective and efficient. Uh, his longest kick this year was 57 yards. And we all know Tyler Bass kicks ass. It is what it is. Uh, since he came in, he, people kind of, slept on him you know when he first signed and we had Hauschka and then we cut Hauschka people were like you know we should have kept house money but ever since the the hit house money wasn't the same now Tyler Bass comes in and he's kicking ass 
So he had 99 kickoff attempts this year, as you can see on the graphic. Uh, his kickoff yards were 6,213, average of 62.8, and he had 56 touchbacks. So more than half of his kicks, 56.6% to be exact, were touchbacks. You know, Tyler Bass is a damn good kicker. He's very young. He's still growing into it. Uh, is he the best kicker in the league? No. Is he top five? Maybe. Uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm actually a big fan of him and his attitude. He's from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. So he's not far from where he's not from far from where I live. So Tyler Bass, everybody, you know, he, he went to Georgia Southern. Good player. Oh, and I forgot to mention where Reed Ferguson went to college. But Reed Ferguson went to Louisiana State, so LSU. LSU for Reed Ferguson went to college with uh, Trey White. But uh, Bass, yeah, oh, there we go. Penny Penny jumping in here. I think Bass will improve as well. You know, I think, I think that Bass will be a very important figure going forward with this team. I think he's going to get a second contract. I think that he has earned his way as a starter here, and I don't think the Bills are looking for the kickers. Obviously, because we haven't brought any in. So I think Tyler Bass is in the long-term plans of this team. It's it's only right that he wears number two, which is Steve Christie's old number, who you know I loved as a kid. So, you know, Steve Christie was, was a monster kicker back in the day. Tyler Bass looks to be carrying on the legacy of the number two kicker in Buffalo. So, yeah. And then you see, there were games, I think, when they wanted opponents to return kickoffs. Yeah, no, no. Bass has the leg to boot it into the end zone anytime he wants to. But when you have somebody with a subpar kick returner who's got fumbleitis, yeah, of course. Drop it on the five, bro. Drop it on the five. Put some air under it. Put it on the five. Make him bring it out so we can wreck his shit. That's, that's it. That's where you're at with that. So, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that loan. There's definitely a time and place where you want to put it up and make him bring it back. Or you kick it through the end zone and make them start from 25. It really depends on the opponent. What up, peeps? Hey, what's up, John? How you doing? Welcome back to the show, baby. All right. So, you know, take me back out. Boop. And bring on the next guy. So the next guy is a topic. Oh, hang on. Steve Christie is the reason I started following the team. See, look at this. You, you just got here, and I'm already bringing up stuff that brings up memories for you that are great. And I thank you. Steve Christie was, was 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 an awesome kicker back in the day. Happy Josh Allen Day, July 17th. Okay. I didn't know it was a thing, but I know now. But uh, this guy right here is kind of infamous and, you know, he's infamous with the fans, right? Uh, it's Matt Hawk. He shanks a bunch of punts. He's six foot, 205 pounds from Arizona State. I couldn't find any Raz stuff on him either. Apparently... There's not a lot of punts out there with that information out there because a lot of times they don't run drills in the combine. They kind of just go out there and punt and then they go home because they know they're either not getting drafted or their seventh round pick at best most of the time. Right? So it is what it is. First time I had seen my name spelled correctly. T-Bass is awesome. There we go. But, uh, yeah, uh, Matt Hawk, you know, he shanks punts. I remember one game where he had, like, four punts and, like, three of them were bad. He had 52 punts for twenty-two or 2,230 yards. Uh, his longest was 63, which isn't bad for a longest. But, you know, he had one blocked. And his average was 42.9, which 10, 15 years ago was actually a good average. But when your longest is 63 and your average is 50 or 42, 43, 
like you're you're also shanking some, right? I mean, you may be also punting from a shorter field than you normally punt from, but this offense really didn't do that. If we were in scoring range, it was either go for it on fourth, unless it was like fourth and eight or longer, or we were kicking field goals because we have the kicker with the leg to do it. Um, so happy Josh Allen day. There we go. I see it. But yeah, he's 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 not the most amazing punter, but apparently He's an all-pro holder, according to Sean McDermott. So whatever that's worth, um, it is important because you want your field goals and your extra points to get through, especially if you're having a game like we did against Jacksonville where, you know, it wasn't really good. You had your punter out there who could, you know, flip the field for you, and we didn't have that. You know, we have this guy. So, yeah, there we go. He takes forever to kick the damn ball. He does have a long motion for punting. Uh, I've seen a lot of videos and some pictures where, like, the guys are, like, right there. And that would explain why he does draw some penalties as well, though. He does draw some penalties for roughing the punter because, you know, he takes so long that they're getting there. They're just getting there and blasting him because, you know, his motion is so slow, which is, I guess, a double-edged sword for him. He might find himself hurt. But that's a whole lot of not my problem, you know? It's 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 kind of it's kind of his own way of doing things, and I don't know if it's mechanics or if it's meant if he's meaning to do that, but it it is it is what it is. I, I don't really like him as a punter. I'd rather rather drop him if we could. If you know the next guy on the list can really come through, but uh, I, I'm I'm thinking that Ariza will be a new punter as Charlie Asuko. I'm trying. Uh, Charles here comes through and says, "Hey, you know, Arise will be the new punter. I think he will if he can get that holding stuff down. If he's if he's good at it, if he if he you know gets good, he said he's practicing with one hand catching the punts and place or catching the um the holds and then putting them down. If he's if he's practicing as much as he's saying he is, we'll see what goes on. I, I think that he could potentially be out there and really take over that job, especially as a punter." Uh, also, punting wise, though, he's got to learn how to stop kicking line drives and put some air under it. You know, this, this is this is a different game. The coverage units in the NFL are not the same as they're in college, so he doesn't have to worry so much about having to kick an eighty-plus yard punt. So, putting all that air under, you don't want somebody having that much field before they see the defense in the NFL because everybody's fast, and because of that, you can kick it only fifty yards, sixty yards. And be okay. You gotta want to get some air under it so you have time for your guys to get there before someone like a Cordero Patterson has enough time to return that thing. You don't want that. You don't want Cordero Patterson having time to set his feet, look and see where you are, and then work his magic. That's not what you want. So I'm gonna get off that soapbox. Next guy. The punt god, Matt Ariza. As I, I did it kind of like a top gun thing. Uh, Matt Ariza, call sign, punt god, six foot two, 200 pounds. He went to San Diego State. Um, there was some RAS stuff on him, but and he scored pretty high. He was like a nine point something RAS score, but he's a punter. So, of course, it's going to be a little high. But for him, that's not really important in the NFL. You know, maybe he has to make a tackle like a Brian Mormon who ran a, a 4 6 40. You know, I believe Brian Mormon ran a 4 6 40. Now I got to look that up. Freaking Brian Mormon. Can't just spout off nonsense and not, not know. 
Uh, Brian Mormon was a world-class sprinter. I remember that. Let me see. Control F. I'm going to get through this fast. Brian Mormon, Buffalo Bills. There we go. Doesn't say his, fa- his speed, but he's the fastest punter ever in the NFL. We'll work with that. I don't need to take forever trying to find that nonsense information. But there we go. Arise gives you an extra tackle. He's actually not afraid to hit. I've seen videos where he is hitting. He is willing to get in there and, and get dirty. He is six foot two, 200 pounds, so he's the size of a corner. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. But uh, he had 79 punts last year, right? 4,044 yards. So if you look at him and you look at this guy, 52 for 2230, 79 for 4044. Yeah, the, the production is way more. He averaged more than, uh, was it, about 10 yards more per punt? His longest was 86 yards. Who the hell does that? That's kicking it from the 10 and dropping it on your opponent's four. The, the leg strength you got to have to do that is crazy. Like, Lone Wolf says here, Allen was the third QB taken in the draft. Ariza was the third kicker taken in the draft. Uh, well, punter. Coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. But if you think about it, Ariza's leg is to punters what Josh Allen's arm is to quarterbacks. He can line drive that thing 86 yards downfield. It's about the distance Josh can drop a football in perfect conditions. That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. I do remember uh, everybody saying he was going to be a third or fourth round pick, and then two two guys go before him. Uh, was it um, Joe Marino was saying, ah, Rise is not going to be there in the fifth round, and he, we got him in the sixth, so. I think people were just overrating where he would go. Like people needed punters that much that where they would just jump. I don't. I don't think so. I think that 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 was a little overhyped. What up, Pete? How you doing, baby? Welcome to the show. But Matt Ariza, like you know, if he can get that holding stuff down, he will be our new punter. So now we're moving on to corners. The first one here, I put these guys in order of their chances to make the team, in my opinion. And the first one on the list is Elijah Griffin, right? Let me check something good. Okay, we're doing the right thing here. Uh, Elijah Griffin, he had no stats last year. He was an NFL practice squad player. He had no PFF information. So his RAS score and his 40-yard time are all the information I have for you because he has yet to play an NFL snap. Uh, He's... His RAS score was a 2.63. His 40-yard time was 4.58. And, you know, he's the son of rapper Warren G, everybody knows. Um, Elijah Griffin, you know, six foot, 175. He's 23 years old. This is his second year, and he came from the University of Southern California. So there's not a lot to talk about with Elijah Griffin. I know a lot of us are hopeful that he can do something. I think we're all hopeful that all of our players do something. I don't really care who rises to the top as long as they play good enough for us to win. I don't care. Like, if he goes and he takes Saran Neal's job, if he's that good to take his job, then take it. Go. Because he kicks a lot of line drives and had no holding experience, kept him on the board. Yeah, that's true. If he knew how to hold and his punts had airtime, he would have been taken probably in the fourth or fifth round. But, you know, we stole him away. 
we'll take it. But yeah, Elijah Griffin, uh, my man Peter says he's very intrigued by Griffin, but expect him to be a key practice squad member. Yeah, I think he will too. Uh, we like to keep a lot of guys in the practice squad, so you know that's that's fun. That's that's fun. My man Charles, we're gonna get to that, man. Like we, we go in an order, baby. We go in an order. Uh yeah, we're we gonna get to my man Kair Elam, who I did if you go to my Twitter at TFP Recon and you go to a few weeks before the draft, he was my number one pick. Just saying. But Elijah Griffin. Uh, maybe he'll come out there and regulate, but he'll probably be on the practice squad, you know. Uh I'm not I'm not mad that he's here. He he seems pretty athletic. His rascal isn't you know that great, but he's still faster than Levi Wallace, so you never know. Next guy, cornerback Travon Fuller. Rascor 1.17, 40 yard time, 465. Uh, I, I don't see Travon Fuller making the team. I see Elijah Griffin making the team ahead of him, but I see Tra- I see Elijah Griffin being a practice squad guy. I don't see Travon Fuller making the practice squad, so I probably should have done these two reverse of each other. But you know, last year he played and he was a rookie. Uh, he, he is a rookie. So his college stats are: he had forty-two tackles. You know, he had uh, twenty-five solo. Uh, 4.5 tackles for loss. So, you know, he was a guy who probably played some nickel, probably got into the backfield quite a bit. He had no sacks, three interceptions. He had a, a touchdown or zero touchdowns and nine passes defense. So his college stats aren't bad. You know, like, it's not to say that he's he's a bad player or anything like that. He's a rookie out of Tulsa. He's 6'1", 180. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I see him doing much for the team. Dude, I found that out today. Like, I found it out today. And the only reason why I put him above Elijah Griffin is because he actually has stats that I can pull up. So there's more to talk about with him. Otherwise, if it's somebody who's going to um, get, get through quickly, I'm putting them at the beginning, like Reed Ferguson. Not a lot to say. Get him out there and get it out the way. You know what I'm saying? What's up, Brian? How you doing? I'm going to have to get on breaking table sometime soon. But, uh, yeah, Trevon, Trevon Fuller. I didn't know he was on the team till today. And then I pulled it up and, like, oh, snap, we have this guy. Oh, next guy is. I'm going to take myself off the screen. Tim Harris, right? So he was with the Niners last year. His RAS score is 8.91, and he ran a 4.4940, so just a hair slower than Tredavious White. He didn't play a lot of snaps last year for the Niners, which explains why he's here. He's possibly a practice squad guy for us. 2021 stats, he had two tackles, one of them solo, no tackles for loss, no sacks, no interceptions, no touchdowns, no passes defense. Uh, His PFF grades are kind of the default for PFF if you didn't do anything, which is overall 60 and then run defense 60. Like, that's that's what PFF does if, you know, you did nothing because you saw the field a couple times and then nothing happened. But, uh, yeah. Then we have um, Chrissy. He said, I think he was brought out after the draft. Yeah. I'm not sure who you're talking about, but yeah. We'll rock with that. But uh, I think you're talking about Fuller, which he would be because he was an undrafted rookie. He wasn't He wasn't drafted by us. So, yeah, he would have to be after the draft. Um, but, yeah, Tim Harris, um, possibly a practice squad guy. Maybe they saw something in him from his college tape. Maybe they saw something from him in the preseason last year, and they said, you know what, let's give this guy a shot. 
I don't know. She's talking about Tra- uh, Travon. Okay, so you're talking about uh, yeah, Travon Fuller. Yeah, he was undrafted this year, so he had to be after the draft. But yeah, you know, Tim Harris maybe. Uh, I think he's got a better shot of making it all roster than uh, Travon Fuller. And you know, Harris is freaking six one two oh five. He's twenty six years old though. He had two years, and he he's out of University of Virginia, so he's a Cavalier. Um, you know, they're not really a big football school. Virginia is more of a basketball school. I think everybody who follows college basketball knows that Virginia is a basketball school. Let me put this back pad on because my back is hurting a little bit. There we go. I can lean back like Fat Joe. All right. We're going to move on to the next guy. Next guy is Ingram. I know he's from the University of Buffalo, but I can't see his name because my counter is up there. His name is Jamarcus Ingram, number 46, six foot two, 190 out of University of Buffalo. And the Buffalo Bills website doesn't even have his age. So, you know, hopefully, you know, being a UB guy, I think we're all pulling for him. There we go. We'll love to have you on again, but still waiting for my invite on here. Pretty soon, I'm going to start inviting guys on to do, like, training camp shows. And I'm going to have guys on to do, um, like, roster predictions and stuff like that. I got asked about roster prediction, predictions a few weeks ago. And I think next week will be my first one right before training camp starts. So, yeah, yeah that's coming. Uh, I plan on having, hopefully, A. Rich, uh, Dan Kelly, and then maybe you. Never know. We'll see. But, yeah, um, I think we're all pulling for this kid. You know, because he's a UB product and, you know, who doesn't want to see a local guy make the team and, and live his dream? So, yeah. So remember these names when XFL gets going next year? That's true. Yeah. You know, a lot of times those XFL guys, you know, they, they come to training camps. They don't make it. They go to, you know, the XFL or the AAF or the um, what's the other one. AAF, XFL. A USFL that just happened this year. They go out there, they prove themselves, they come back, and they light it up. You know, they do just fine, so we'll see. But his last year stats with the University of Buffalo, you know, 2021, of course. Uh, oh, excuse me. His RAS score, 6.25, 40-yard dash, 4.6. Uh, last year stats, 46 tackles, 34 of them solo, which is actually a pretty good percentage of them. Really good percentage of them were solo tackles. Uh, then he had... Uh, two and a half tackles for loss, no sacks, but one interception and three passes defense. So not bad. Not bad numbers for, for the guy from UB. Uh, I'm going to pull from just because of where he's from. Uh, he actually played in the Big 12, I think. I think he was at Texas Tech before that. And then he ended up transferring. And I think UB was actually his third college. I don't remember what the other school was, but I'm pretty sure Texas Tech was one of them. Uh, but he ended up at UB and played well. So good for him. Next guy on the list, Nick McLeod. Now, Nick McLeod is somebody that a lot of Bills fans really like. And I'm not going uh, all corners in a row and then safeties, right? I'm, I'm going in order of defensive backs, likeliness to make the team, in my opinion, aside from the first two, but still, or at least the practice squad. So Nick McLeod's probably a practice squad guy. He had a good RAS score of 8.35. And ran a 44540, so just a hair faster than Trey White. Now, does that matter in the end? Eh, maybe not, but it does matter to an extent, right? 
Plus, he looked good last year in camp and in the preseason, so he stuck around on the practice squad. Now, his PFF grades were 680, or excuse me, 68.6, 68.6 coverage, and then 60 run defense. So he did nothing in run defense, so that's what they gave him a baseline score probably, and that's it. His 68.6 is based purely on his coverage grade, which is pretty freaking good. That's a pretty good coverage grade. So who do you think will be the surprise player that will make the team? That comes next week, Kim. Next week, you got to wait. I got to make you wait for that one, man. That's a whole show. My roster prediction. It's a whole show, baby. But yeah, Nick McLeod, you know, again, a lot of us like him. He's played well, shown well for himself on the field. And he's, you know, he goes out there and puts in the effort. Plus, he's a good athlete. So we'll see what he does. He might be one of my surprises to make the team. Never know. I don't know. I haven't really broken it down yet. I have all week to do that. So I'm I'm going to take this week to do that. Next on the list, rookie defensive back Christian Benford. Now, he's the first guy I put on here as DB instead of CB because Christian Benford, there are rumors that he may be transitioning to safety later. So his RAS score, 8.14, and his 40-yard time, 4.53, not bad. Uh, 8.14 is really good for a RAS score, and then 4.53 is about average for corners. He's... He's solid in coverage. He's a decent ball hawk, but he is just not quick enough at times. And he he often gets burnt because of, you know, lack of instinctual play. So Christian Benford is, if he's going to make this team, is most likely to make it as a safety or on the practice squad. And last year, dude, he went to Villanova, right? He went to Villanova, and there's nothing online for him except for on the Villanova website, which really has the most rudimentary statistical keeping that I've seen out of any college because that's a that's a basketball school. Again, it's a b-ball school. Villanova, is, you know, they were what, in the Elite Eight this year in basketball. That's what they do. You know, there's a reason why football fans call it Villanova because it's, it's just not a football school. So 2021 stats, NCAA, he had 39 tackles, 27 of which were total. Another pretty good you know, showing for it just under three quarters, right? He has seven interceptions for 66 yards. So when he gets the ball, you know, he's not exactly moving it, but he's also not just taking the loss or, you know, falling to the ground. He's, he's got nine yards per reception, so not bad. Uh, then he had one touchdown. Uh, we did see him in some games get burnt, especially when they played top-tier schools. He just couldn't keep up with those guys. And uh, that's probably why he's going to end up being a safety. Uh, but he could make this team if they decide to keep, you know, six corners and five safeties or vice versa. He could be that seventh corner slash fifth safety, you know, or sixth corner slash fifth safety. I don't I don't I don't see that happening necessarily. I think we'll keep six corners, four safeties, but there could be a way where they decide to keep one extra safety, especially if he can play special teams or if he can unask DeMar Hamlin or Jaquan Johnson, which I'm not sure I see. But here we are. So, next guy on the list. Whew, okay, I'm going to have to remove myself again. We have Cam Lewis. Right now, Cam Lewis is beloved by all of us. He's a UB product. Again, Rascor, 4.5, 40-yard time, 4.54, uh, or is that 4.51, right? Cam Lewis has come in, and he's played well. He's played good downs for us, uh, but he's also gotten hurt. 
but when he's not hurt and he's playing, he's played quite well. This year he saw a little bit of playing time. Uh, he had six tackles, three of them solo, so half of his tackles are solo tackles. He had one tackle for loss. Uh, no sacks, no no interceptions, no TDs, but he did have one pass defense. Here's where it gets interesting. His uh, his PFF grades are high. Now, does that mean anything when you don't play that many downs? Not so much. But his overall grade was a 76.2. Now, if you look at guys like Tim Settle and Daquan Jones, who didn't see a whole lot of time last year, that's outstanding. And his coverage grade of 84.1 or 81.1, I can't really see it that good. I'll go full screen on that. No, not what I want to do. 81.8. So 76.2 overall, 81.8 coverage. coverage, And in run defense, 60.6. Those are pretty good ratings from PFF. You know, I, I'm with that. I'm, I'm all for having my guy, you know, come out here and put up solid numbers and show out for himself. Uh, is he likely to make the team? He's probably practice squad again, but you never know. Uh, he could make it over... A couple of guys, you know, like we already know who the top four or five guys are going to be, right? It's going to be Trey White. It's going to be Kyrie Elam. It's going to be Dan Jackson. It's going to be Taron Johnson and Saran Neal. This guy could sneak on the roster as the sixth corner. That could be his spot. But we'll see. Next guy. This is Jaquan Johnson. Rascor, 3.47. 40-yard time, 4.69. So uh, around the average for a safety, speed-wise, 4.69. Uh, there are some faster safeties out there, but um, 4.69 isn't bad. This guy is known as, to be a bit of a thumper, but when you look at his numbers, you might be surprised by him. Tackles, 14, solo, or 8. Zero tackles for loss, zero sacks, but he had an interception, and he had one pass defend. No touchdowns. P PFF grade, 68.9 overall. Coverage was 70.6. That actually surprised me because I didn't know he was that good in coverage. And his run defense was 55.4, which was his lowest grade. And I was like, what, really? His grade was that low? I didn't see that coming. I turn it off when I can't see the stats. That's why I, I, I go cam off so that way I, I can see the names and stuff. Because otherwise, they get hidden, you know talking to dan kelly here they get hidden among the you know the live and the timer and the amount of people watching so as long as you can hear my silky smooth voice nothing but the hits you know i'll turn my camera off for until uh until it's time for the next guy so that's what i'm doing said neil is a beast and so is jackson look neil neil low-key they say is the fastest dude on the team even though his 40 time wasn't it they say that when in, in foot races on the field he can't be beat, so yeah. And he's 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 a bigger safety, but he's a small linebacker, you know. But um, I think I failed to mention. No, I mentioned where he went to college. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, you know, he went to the University of Miami, and I'll just pull up his information because I can. I'm not going to show you guys, but you know, I'll, I'll read it off to you. Jaquan Johnson, 5'10", 191, 26 years old. He's been in the NFL for four years now. This is his fourth year, and he went to Miami. So, yeah, hopefully that, hopefully this guy, um, uh, how many snaps did Jaquan play? Let me see how many snaps he played. Um, yeah, I looked all this stuff up today, so websites are all pretty fresh in my browser.
How we spell his name wrong? So Daquan Johnson this year played. But he was in all 17 games. He started one game. Uh, defense, defense, position. I'm on pro football reference, and I really can't see it. Snap count. There we go. Uh, so this year he saw a snap count of. 98 snaps for 9% of all, all the snaps on defense. So, yeah, there you go. 90, uh, 98 snaps. All right, next guy up, it is DeMar Hamlin, who I see as a more likely player to make the team than Jaquan Johnson if they wanted to drop Jaquan Johnson. This is his final year. I don't see it happening, though. I see Jaquan Johnson making this team. Um, DeMar Hamlin, you know, he had a rest score of 7.0. 40-yard time of 4.6, 2021 stats. He had two tackles, both of them solo, zero tackles for loss, zero sacks, zero interceptions, no touchdowns, two passes defensed. Uh, overall grade, 82.4, coverage grade, 76.7, and run defense of 69.7. So he, to me, is the most balanced safety who's not Micah Hyde or Jordan Poyer, right? So Hamlin literally could start for this team. Uh, he could probably start for most teams, you know. Like Demar Hamlin, I think will end up being a future safety for us if we don't take advantage of that. Having this young guy learning from Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, then it could be somebody else. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, solid. He could be a starter one day too, possibly. But if we keep both these guys, I don't know if it's going to be the same. You know, Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer weren't high draft picks, so who's to say that these two guys won't develop into being something similar? But they are being kind of groomed together on this team and you just never know so i don't want to down any of them either of them because they've both shown well for themselves they both have good instincts you know uh hamlin's ras score of 7.0 in his 40 time of 4.6 both very good very solid for safety safeties aren't really known for being the fastest guys in the field you have your occasional fast guy like your isaiah was it isaiah wilson for the for the uh cardinals and you have you know um uh, Jabril Peppers is pretty fast. Uh, neither one of those guys have really panned out into anything great. A lot of your better safeties aren't as fast. Your Polamalu's not not as fast. Uh, some of them are pretty fast. So like Ed Reed, he was quite fast. So push come to shove, Demar Hamlin. I know he came from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, freaking six foot, two hundred pounds. Average size for a defensive back. He's twenty four years old. And this is his second year. So. You know nothing, nothing to scream about with uh, Demar Hamlin. I'll pull up his uh, his snap count since they asked about the last guy. That might be more. That might be important, but it's probably like four. You know, like he just didn't see a lot of snaps. Let's see, I like having all the factual information. Snap count. There we go. Uh, he played fifty snaps, so six percent. So. I was a little off with the 4%. But I do see a bright future for DeMar Hamlin. He, he, he puts in the work. You don't hear anything about him off the field. I think the kid's a good, good player. So to the next guy on the list, cornerback Saran Neal. Now, we all know that cornerback isn't really what he does. He is a cornerback slash safety slash sometimes linebacker. 
also a gunner on special teams. So we're back in the special teams boat here. He is a top 10 special teams gunner in this league. That and the fact that he can play defensive snaps and be effective is why he got the $10.5 million three-year extension. He's a hard worker. He doesn't have the best instincts necessarily on defense, but he's good enough to go out there, and if you need somebody to tackle somebody or body somebody up, he can go out there for, some, for a few plays and get the job done for you. Does he get burnt? Yes, yeah, sometimes. Uh, is he great? No. Is he worth keeping on a team? Absolutely is. I think that freaking Saran Neal is a contributor, and there's nothing that you can say to me that would change my mind about that. Saran Neal is, is, is a very solid contributor. If you need something done, he can do it. He'll make some mistakes, but when it comes down to it, he's doing his best, and you know it. You can see it on the field every time he's out there. So I have zero complaints. You know, I just figured out I can put this thing full screen, guys, and I can see everything on the screen. And so, yeah, you won't see my face off the screen again. Uh, thanks, Dan Kelly, for making me explore other options. Appreciate it. I was happy Wallace was gone. So I am happy Wallace is gone now in hindsight. However, Levi Wallace was a solid corner. Like his 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 grading, you, you can't complain about that. He Good instincts. He just wasn't athletic enough. And when you pair him with Dane Jackson, neither of which is athletic enough, you get burnt against the Chiefs. That's just how it works. If we had Tredavious White and Levi Wallace out there, we kicked their ass the first time with Levi Wallace out there. They didn't burn us. They didn't burn Levi. But this last game, you know, with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson, he got burnt. He got burnt. And he was going to because Tyreek Hill is the fastest man in the game. You know, and I, I don't think it was him that cost us that game necessarily. I think that just having no speed at corners, I, I see you. He cost us the game against Kansas City, and he got burnt. Yeah, that's that's going to happen when you have a guy who runs a four six going against Tyreek Hill. It just is. You know, he's he's just not athletic enough to guard those guys, and neither is Dane Jackson. Hell, Trey White, barely fast enough to guard those guys. He's not with Tua. Oh, Hill won't. Okay, I thought you said Hill won't. I thought you made a typo. Hill won't do shit with Tua. I'm with you there. Uh, I don't think Tua is it. We'll get into that at the end. All this other stuff, hit me up at the end because we'll, we'll have some discussion. We'll have some discussion. I want you guys to have questions ready for me. Coaching did cost us that game, but so did having slow corners. If Trey White is in that game, we win that game by two touchdowns minimum, maybe three. We beat him by 20 the first time we saw him that, that, in the year. Because we had enough speed to hold down Tyreek Hill on one side, we didn't have to cheat one way or the other and pick a side to get burned on. We didn't have to choose where we died, where we got cut. You know, it is what it is. But I think that coaching did cost us that game at the very end. But if we have speed at corner, the coaching doesn't matter at the end because they're not capable of doing it. But they were because we had two slow corners. It is what it is. Said Vaughn will eat Tua. Yes, he will. You should put an end between the U and the A because Tuna turn the ball over is going to be food food for us this year. Somebody bring the mayo. It's a wrap for him. But back to the show, baby. Let's go. Oop, here we go. Water under the bridge. Yeah, it is. That's why you go get Kyrie Elam, who you know will be coming up soon in his list. You bring in speed at corner. This is what you do. So yeah, we're, we're going to get to it. Don't worry. No worries. So, hang on. One second. Where is it? 
Uh, boom. There it is. Pull that down. And the next guy. So, Dane Jackson. RAS score, 4.45. 40-yard time of 4.57. Yeah, 2021 stats. He actually saw, you know, like seven games, eight games worth of uh, play after Thanksgiving because of Trey White uh, hurting his knee. So he had 41 tackles. Why did his tackles end up up there? Ah, oh, messed up that slide. Okay, whatever. You can, you guys can see it. Uh, 41 tackles. 33 were solo. Zero tackles for loss. Zero sacks. Zero ints. Uh, zero touchdowns and six passes defensed. Now, if I am correct, I. Yeah, I'm no, I might be just brain farting on that. Uh, PFF score 58.5 overall, which isn't great. Coverage score 54.7, which isn't great. But what we did know is that this guy can tackle. He is a run-stopping corner. Um, but he didn't really give up a lot. He got burned a couple times, but, you know, also very young. Seventh-round pick, went in there and held his own. We still had the number one passing defense in the year. But I trust him more to uh, to tackle, you know. As my man here says, he is a hitter. He's a hitter. Number hitters over here, baby. In the words of the great Diaz brothers, we ain't got number hitters over here, baby. Scrap pack. Uh, that was probably a terrible Nate Diaz. I probably could do better, but I'm not gonna try. Uh, then Dane says Dane has tenacity. You damn right, Dane. Dane. Dane hits like a linebacker, but he's a corner. But he's willing to throw his whole body in there to drop you. I love it. I love it. Hey, hey. Don't get me singing, baby. So, uh, funny story. I'm going to take this down for just a second. You, you said, hey, hey, which is our which is our song, right? It's a Bill Shout song. Uh, being in the Army, right? Like I, I, half you guys or most of you guys know I was. There's a cadence. That you know the shout cadence, you know you go you know hey hey and they go hey hey. So for for our Halloween run, I would wear my Bills helmet and a jersey, and I was like hey hey, let's go Buffalo, and everyone was like nah son, <laughs> we're not doing it. There was a couple of Bills fans and they were like, we got you. It was like three other people in the whole formation. Let's go, Buffalo. Like, okay, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and get back in this formation and run the rest of this thing out. So I had a football with me and a Bills helmet and a jersey. It was pretty fun. Pretty ridiculous. Ah, the good old days. The let's go, Buffalo. You damn right. So Dane provides great value as a seventh-round pick. Four years of affordability. Yeah, and if somebody gets hurt, you know he can go in there and hold down the fort. I really like that about him. I also like that about Cam Lewis. So, yeah. Uh, woo. A little late to the party on that one, baby. But, hey, welcome to the, par- welcome to the party. Go Bills. But, yeah, um, no Jody stories. No Jody stories. <laughs> this, is, this is a child-friendly show, even though I cursed a couple times already. Said so the punt job took his job already. Go Bills. That's what I was referring to, guys. Uh, we got Chiki Rutai. Rutaiga, Rutaiga, or Rutiaga. I'm going to go Rutiaga because it feels more right with the Spanish in me. Rutiaga. But, yeah, just Dane Jackson brings value. He is very valuable, 
And I think that for the next two years, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be very good. You're good. You ain't got to apologize. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. You know, I'm just messing with you. But let me know if I said your name right. Rutiaga? I think that's the way it is. If if, if Rutiaga is right, say the last one you said is right. Said, I knew you'd get that. Ah, Jesus Christ. Jody's got my girlfriend. No, okay. <laughs> all right. Um, all right, so next guy. We all know him. We all love him. This guy is also known as a hitter, known for tackling, but his run defense grade for PFF is pretty, pretty crap. It's pretty low. We'll start at the top, though. We'll work our way there. So his RAS score is 6.3, pretty good, above average. 40-yard time, 4.5, pretty good, about average for a corner. For a nickel guy, uh, I don't know. I, don't, I, didn't, I didn't average out nickel corners because they just kind of lump him with everybody else. So we'll just say it's average for corners. Tackles, 76, 54 of them solo. Tackles for loss, four. Sacks, three. The dude's got three sacks this year. Probably good for more than Jerry Hughes this year. Shots fired, my bad. Uh, interceptions, he had one, no touchdowns, been seven passes defensed. Taron Johnson took a step this year. That's why he got paid. Taron Johnson really took a, a big step forward this year. I have no complaints about us resigning him. This kid came through and he just developed and he got benched a couple of times. He had some rough patches in there and he just manned up, took his lumps got back up, got back in the game, and took his job, right? Taron Johnson, to me, is an unsung hero. Out of Weber State, the kid is legit, right? And you can complain about it if you want to. And I don't think I mentioned uh, Dane Jackson's college. He went to Pitt. Everybody knows that already, but might as well say it. And I think I missed Saran Neal. Let me go back. Just those two guys. Boom. Saran Neal. Where did this guy go? Why do I not know where Saran Neal went to college? I should know that. He's built the team long enough for me to have to know that. Jacksonville, Jackson, yeah, Jacksonville State. All right, so now we'll go back forward just so I can get that college part of the way. But Taron Johnson out of Weber State, not Weber, Weber, they will correct you, even though it's spelled like the Weber Grills. So the Grills are actually probably Weber too, but they just don't care enough, just buy their stuff and they're, they're good. Uh, his PFF overall was 69.6, which is outstanding. Outstanding. That's in the greens. Anything over 65, I believe, gets a green grade from them. And then I think anything above 75 is like a blue, which is like their top percentage in the league. Uh, Coverage-wise, 75.2 grade. Mwah. Keep that up. Keep that up. Taron Johnson developing into an instinctive pass coverage guy and still laying the lumber when he needs to. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Dot com and check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Only thing is, it's probably not against the run because a 45.9 rating against the run, he's probably not hitting the gaps that he should, or he's a nickel guy, so he's probably getting blocked. So he's not shedding blocks, which is probably why his grade's there, which I can understand that. You know, if he's not able to shed blocks, you're not really able to get to the running back. I can accept that. That makes sense to me. Let's go, Bills. Dude, I was at the at the uh, Walmart here in North Carolina getting some veggies and stuff. And I was wearing Bills shorts, Bills shirt, Bills hat. And I hear, go, Bills. And I'm like, oh, shit. I look over and I see him. I'm like, I go, Bills. Dude was decked out more than I was. And his wife was decked out more than I was. And I wear Buffalo Bills all day, every day. I was like, oh, these guys would love me. I got to figure out who they are. I did not get their information, though. That would be creepy, just walking around Walmart trying to find somebody to get their number. Taron, fourth-rounder, I believe. Yes, he was a fourth-rounder out of Weber State. And look, the fourth round seems to be like a, a solid round for the Bills, doesn't it? Like, we don't – we usually trade our fourth-round pick. Like, this year we did. This year we, we drafted Dawson Knox. We traded it. Like, we trade that pick a lot because they may not see the value necessarily in that round, but we've hit. We've hit on these fourth-round picks. So, yeah, I'm down for it. My man Dave in the house. Love you, my bro. Uh, smash that like for my guy Izzy. Hey, smash that like for my guy Dave. Smash that like for my man, for my man Dave. Dude is a legend. Can't wait for Bill Zodge to be back. I got to make sure I set notifications. I think I have them already for Built in Buffalo, but why wouldn't I, right? I work for us. Anyway, Taron Johnson, we all know him. We all love him. He is a contributor on this team, and he's going to be here for a while. And that's just that. I'll give you his measurables. 5'11", 192, 25 years old. This would be his fifth year, Weber State. And he's wearing number seven now. He changed his number. So the, the picture I got is him with his old number. He's not 24 no more. That's it's now Kair Elam's number. Anyways, on to the next guy. Kair Elam. So, we all know Taron Johnson is our starting nickelback, right? We all know Tredavious White is our number one corner, right? Unless he doesn't show, you know, for the first few weeks because of injury. But if he is there, he's number one. And it's pretty obvious that Kair Elam, out of Florida, is our number two. RAS score of 8.64. Very athletic. High grade there. And you know that, that in the first round, generally speaking, Coach McDermott and Brandon Bean like to draft highly athletic players. Greg Rousseau, for example. Ed Oliver, for example. Josh Allen, for example. Tremaine Edmonds, for example. Physical freaks, right? This kid is six foot two. Six foot two. Or, excuse me, six one. That one came off the dome. I was wrong by one inch. He's 191, 21 years old out of Florida. The, the kid is a specimen, and he is really entrenched himself in the mental side of the game. I'm going to write down where I screwed up. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. 
Anytime I see something, I'm going to write it down and I'm going to prepare for that next time. I'm going to have notes. I'm going to be aware of what is going on and what I can do better. I'm going to have notes as to every mistake I made and every teammate made. And after this, I'm going to go out there and try and make them better. That's the kind of teammate that makes his teammates better. This is the kind of guy you want on your team. This is the kind of guy you want on your team. Chiggy says, I hope Elam pans out because we desperately need to fill that cornerback two position. The rest of the guys have played uh, together for years now. It's just that CB2 spot we had no answer for. Levi Wallace was a solid answer at CB2. As a CB2, Levi Wallace is very good. He's top half of the league as a CB2. As a CB1, nowhere near it. Like He's just not meant to be a CB1, which is what he had to be when Trey got hurt. And that's what I can understand the Levi hate to an extent in that position, but at the same time, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. But Kair Elam, he's the kind of guy who's going to put the work in. He's like Josh Allen in that aspect. He's going to go out there and he's going to put in the work to do what he can, what he has to do. Daniel Garis, the Bills need Elam to play big right off the bat. Love his size, speed. Yes, exactly. Yeah, speed, measurable size. More important than that are his are his intangibles. His intangibles are there. Kair Elam, when he got drafted, everybody saw. He said, hey, have the playbook on the plane. We we traded up two picks to go get him from the Ravens. Granted, we only gave up a fourth or a sixth or something like that. We didn't give up a lot to go get him. Move, move up two spots. Get the guy you want. Last time we did this, where we drafted a cornerback in the, in the first round while we had another good corner on the, on the team, was back when we had Antoine Winfield Sr., and then that fourth or fifth year he had on the team, we drafted Nate Clements, right? And then eventually you let Winfield go because you can't afford to keep both of them in that era. Trey White is already under contract for another three years, three or four years. Right? He signed his he signed his five year deal. He's here for the long haul. So Trey White's gonna be here. It was five years, seventy five million. He's already played one of the five years, I believe it is, or this is the first year where he's. I gotta look it up. I, I'll look it up when I pull Trey up. But Kyrie Elam's rookie contract coincides completely with Trey White's second contract. So you have one guy in Kyrie Elam under cost control, and you have Tredavious White, who's already under contract. This guy right here has it. He has it. Granted, it may be early for me to say that he's going to be a successor, an all-star, or anything like that, but his measurables with his mentality tells me he's going to be good. He's going to be damn good. And I really, really like that they went and got him. I predicted this pick on my Twitter. It was a, uh, a mock draft I did, and Kyrie Elam was my first-round pick in both of them. I did one with trades and without. He was my pick in both. And Chiggy, back with it. Put the playbook on the plane. Brent, I love this pick. Said so if nothing else, Elam should make more splash plays on the – which we need. Hey, um, so I would say that Elam really measures out more like a. I know some people aren't going to like this, but he kind of he kind of reminds me a little bit of a Trayvon Diggs, where he's going to be one of those guys who likes to take a little bit of risk. Now Trayvon Diggs doesn't have the same luxury that Kyrie Elam has in having Jordan Poyer and uh, Micah Hyde in the back to kind of cover his ass, right? Trayvon Diggs was out there. And his safeties were not near the caliber of what we have. So when Kyrie Elam goes out there and takes those risks and, you know, 
possibly gets cooked. Maybe. Jeez, Louise. Itchy nose. Maybe, just maybe. We don't see as many yards put up on him if he's that type of guy as we did with Trayvon Diggs in Dallas. So I think that having the, the safeties that we have makes up the difference in that whole thing. It just it just does. Ugh, I don't know why I'm so itchy right now. What is going on here? But yeah, um, I think that that he's he's a dig Trayvon Diggs type. He seems to play in phase, uh, but he also is really good at his job. He's very athletic, and he's got better safeties than Diggs. So it, that can be taken as a negative. I see I see you down here, Brent. That can be taken as a negative. But I think in some cases, with the right players around you, it's not. And even more than that, Diggs gave up like a thousand yards. So yeah, his his game was very risk and reward, like he no risk it, no biscuit type shit. So did Cooks look mad getting drafted by us? No, man, he looked he looked empty faced. Like he, he he didn't look like he was happy to be here, nor sad to be here. So people were like, he doesn't want to be here, like. How do you know that? Like he, he, that's just his face, man. He's got resting who gives a damn face. That's what it is. Here we go. Y'all just won't let stuff go. The dude told y'all what the deal was. There you go. He was uh, he he said he was upset. He didn't even look upset, but he said he was upset because the party was loud and his brother was trying to cut, get everybody to shut up, but they wouldn't because he was on the phone trying to hear who was drafting him. But I was predicting O-line in round one. I had it corner all the way. Uh, I, I figured that people were going to jump ahead of us to go get uh, Tyler Smith and and you know, all the guys that we would want to go get. And a couple of those guys I don't think are going to pan out, but it's all good. It's all good. But, yeah, Kair Elam, uh, now I can get to his numbers because I haven't been able to yet. But he will be great if he is anything like his bro. Yeah. Yeah. So. Tackles, he had 29, 17 of them solo, one tackle for loss, no sacks, one interception, and five passes defensed. Um, he was hurt part of last year, so, you know, there's that. Overall grade, 61.8, so we round up to a 62. Pretty solid grade. Coverage, 58.1. He was a man coverage guy, and like I said, reminds me of Trayvon Diggs. There it is. There it is. But his run defense was 77.1. What the hell? the hell Oof. so if trey's healthy we have another guy on the other side who's faster than dane jackson who plays the run like dane jackson and is better in coverage than dane jackson works for me works for me i mean that's that's against college players so we can't really equate it but we'll we'll, we'll take it but kaya Elam, i think he's gonna be a very good player i think he's i think he's a very good player that is a badass hat he's wearing Chiggy over here. That's a badass hat. You got damn right. The Roll Tide is DBU. Roll Tide's a lot of position U. Roll Tide is DBU, wide receiver U, wide receiver U, uh, freaking linebacker U. They, they, they produce a lot of stuff, man. We can't just like pin them down on one thing. They even produce running backs. They've had a few of them fl- flounder out, but they you know, they gave us Najee Harris. You know, they gave us um, uh, he's in the Patriots. Uh, Another Harris. You know, they, they, they do everything pretty good. 
So Elam will now have to play more zone than he might be used to. That's true, but he also might excel at it because Florida was a man coverage scheme. We don't really know how good he is in the zone coverage, and PFF doesn't really grade that, so I really don't have the data to support whether he'd be better or worse in zone versus man. But he is very good at press man. And maybe you run something, a defensive scheme, that's going to be more hybrid man zone and allow him to run man against whoever he's covering because you're not going to put him against the one receiver because that's going to be Trey White. So you put this guy against number two receiver, or you put him on number one, let Trey White man the other side of the field and shut that shit down, and you cheat a safety over Kyrie's side. That way, if someone does get past him, you got Poyer or Hyde over there to lay somebody out or intercept the ball. There's lots of ways you can scheme around this. Now, you can put him man-to-man on an island with a safety over top and give him a shot. But, you know, I, I see I see some, some changes coming to the defensive philosophy. Sean McDermott is very versatile in what he can do. I mean, look what he did with uh, Lorenzo Alexander, who was a 3-4 outside linebacker. He put him in there at Jack linebacker, and, you know, he went in there and he dominated. He had, what, 12 and a half sacks? Yeah, I, I'm ready for that. You know, changes are, are going to come, and they'll some will be good, some will be bad. But I think Kyrie Elam is going to be a very worthwhile, you know, risk for this team. Also, again, because of his hard work and diligence, I don't think that it's going to be much of a risk. I think that picking up somebody who doesn't have those, you know, characteristics is much more risky. Plus, this kid played at Florida. Florida has been trashed the last four years. Kid's hungry. He's hungry. Next on the list, we all know him. We all love him. Man who runs the Trey White Goalie Academy, as you can see by his hat. Cornerback, Tredavious White from the great university, the other DBU, Louisiana State University. RAS score is 6.46, so pretty athletic. Not super athletic, but pretty athletic. Ran a 4.4740. My man Charlie, when he was on the Red Zone Report Me back in the day, said that Trey White wasn't that uh, athletic, and I disagreed, and I pulled up plays where he returned kicks for or punts for touchdowns and stuff, and he's like, his numbers just don't stack up when it comes down to it when it comes to RAS score. And I was like, okay, I'll I'll buy that, but still. I'm not going to say he's not athletic, not at all. But Trey White. 41 tackles, 27 of them solo, one tackle for loss. He had half a sack. Um, would have been nice if he got a whole one, but, you know, cool. Uh, one interception and six passes defensed, and that's only in 10 or 11 games. So Trey White, he's a beast that we know. He was two-time All-Pro two years in a row, first team uh, in 2019 and second team in 2020. Uh, overall, this past year, PFF score 65.7, above average. Coverage, 69.0. We all knew that he was a, ooh, excuse me, exceptional in coverage. And we all knew that his run defense wasn't the greatest. He's not the best tackler. Not bad, but not the best. Tackling is not where he excels. He's better at stopping you from getting the ball in the first place. That's just what he does. So ready week one, in my opinion, but they will slow play him. You know, they, they could play him out there a little bit. I've seen guys come back from ACLs faster. Right, we saw Adrian Peterson do it. Uh, apparently, uh, who's the who's the guy um, for the Buccaneers? He got hurt after Trey White got hurt. Uh, Godwin, apparently, he's coming back healthy early. So, as long as Tre'Davious White is doing what he's supposed to do, we have one of the best medical facilities. Bam! It's my first time saying it today, and usually I'm all over that shit. We have one of the best training staffs, medical facilities in the NFL. 
the likelihood that he could be back on time for week one is there, but you know Sean McDermott is going to play that close to the vest. He's not going to let anything out, nothing slips, no spilling any beans. Sean McDermott is not going to tell you a damn thing about his recovery. He'll tell you he's on schedule, and that's it. Or if you know you come from the UK, it's on schedule, right? Right. So, in my opinion, I'm with you, but I'm pumping the brakes just a little bit. But I kind of miss that banter you and Charlie had. Yeah. So, Charlie's cool as hell, man. Uh, and Charlie is argumentative as hell, and so am I, right? So, when, the, when he couldn't do the show anymore, uh, he actually apologized to me for being so argumentative. I was like, dude, that's the whole point of our show. Like, why do you think they picked you and me to do it? Like, that, that was... There's no need to apologize to me, man. I, you're my guy regardless, right? So if you guys see Charlie out there or he's watching the show, Charlie, just know, bro, love you still. My dude, you never have to apologize to me for uh, being argumentative about football. We're passionate about this. This is what we do. We love this game, right? Just just, just know that. I, I hold no grudges against anybody for talking football. And I think he thought I was upset with him uh, when we did our show. And I know his family situation dictated that he couldn't do the show anymore. Um, but And now he's doing his own thing because he's got his, uh, uh, his metrics company that he does, you know, all the bill, not all the bills, but all the NFL player breakdowns, you know, with their statistics and their athleticism and all this stuff. Kind of like Raz or, you know, like player grading and breaking down how good players and GMs and all these people, you know, do their job. So he's got his own thing at TTP. TT, TTP Sports, so check him out online at TTP Charlie on tw uh, on Twitter. Still support my guy. Go ahead and holler at him. And if you see him, let him know. Izzy said he still cares. And he still loves you, bro. It's my dude over there. So I'd rather he takes his time. If he needs to take his time, I would definitely rather that. But if he's one hundred percent, and the doctors who we have that are, you know, the best in the league, let's go. Say he's good. Let him go. So Trey may not be, be back until mid-October, mid to late October. Hope he's healthy when he returns. I agree. He may not be. But he also may be here in September. So it is what it is. We don't know. Um, if he's perfectly healthy, 100%, I want him back as early as possible. But if there's any risk of re-injury, I'd rather he sit out. And that's up to him and the doctors and the, the team. Like He may be perfectly healthy to go, and Coach McDermott may put him on a pitch count, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, we all love him. We all want him to be successful for not just this year, but for years to come. And if Kair Elam goes out there and balls out, there's no need to rush him because Dane Jackson can hold down the fort at number two. We are going to the AFC final this year. Wait for it. We're going to win the AFC final this year. The AFC championship game, we're going to win it because we're winning the Super Bowl this year. Well, try me, son, Mr. Blue. Welcome to the show, though. Winning the AFC Championship game this year. We're going to win the Super Bowl, and I can't wait for it. But next on the list, we all know who it is, Micah Hyde. So Micah Hyde, RAS score, 4.73, about average. 40-yard time, 4.56, about average for safety, maybe just a little bit above. His stats this past year, 74 tackles, 53 solo, four tackles for a loss, one sack, five picks. One touchdown and one extra pass defense. His PFF grade was an 82.0. Really good. 
Very good PFF overall grade. Coverage skills, 88.3. Wow. Wow. Outstanding. Best of all of our starters right there. 88.3 coverage thus far. Uh, and his run defense, 56.2. Not the greatest, but definitely not bad. I know he went head up with uh, with um, Derrick Henry when we played the Titans. So, yeah, Micah Hyde is a beast. There's not a lot to have, we have to talk about Micah Hyde. He's our free safety. He is our guy who holds on the fort in the back, makes decisions. As you can see by the picture I selected, this guy has got instincts and speed, wherewithal, hand-eye coordination, timing. The man has talent, period. End of story. Athleticism, period. End of story. His RAS score does not tell you the story about what Micah Hyde does. Micah Hyde is a freaking beast, and I am happy to have him on his team. When we signed him, I thought the money was a little too big, and then he proved me wrong. I know he signed like a $35 million contract when he first came to Buffalo, which we figured out he was being underpaid at $7 million a year. But, you know, I digress. I don't care because the man came in here and he contributed. There's not much to say about Micah. I want to see what you guys have to say about him. Give me, give me what you got to say. Here we go. Almost had a touch uh, a touchdown on that punt. Yeah, he did. He is one sick mofo. Mofo. Yes, sir. Micah Hyde is a sick player. Levi Wallace was burnt on that play. He was cooked. And Micah saved his ass. There's, there's, yeah, there's no way around that. Micah saved his ass. Micah does that though. Micah saves people. Remember the Kansas City game in Kansas City during the regular season? I think it was in Kansas City. Was it in Buffalo? I don't remember. Doesn't care. I don't care. That uh, interception for a touchdown, Patrick Mahomes? Mwah, thing of beauty. Micah Hyde. Beast. He ain't that big, though. You know, it's not that big. Micah Hyde is freaking, you know, he's a safety, so he's not supposed to be that big. But he's, you know, six foot 197. He's 31 years old, 10 years in the league, out of Iowa. Dude's a Hawkeye for a reason, okay? If you like Marvel Comics, that's him. Except instead of hitting something with complete accuracy, he is able to hawk things down. Let's go. Man does superhuman things with average athletic traits. Let's go. And Green Bay was stupid to let him go. Yes, they were. They were stupid to not play him as safety. They played him everywhere, linebacker, corner, nickel, safety. Like, dude, you guys have a bona fide star, and you didn't do anything with him. We'll take him. Thank you. <laughs> Give me that right there. All right, and then, you know, the man everybody, you know, has been talking about for months. Jordan Poyer out of Oregon State. The man is a beaver. He will cut you down. Jordan Poyer, RAS score 5.32, a little bit more than Micah Hyde. 4.5840, a little slower than Micah Hyde. Stats, though, 93 tackles, 66 of which were solo. Eight tackles for loss, three sacks, and five interceptions. That's why this man was an all-pro this year. He didn't take any back for a touchdown, but who cares? Five interceptions, three sacks. Nine passes defended, right? 78 overall, and he has, he is the new champ. With an 89.2 coverage grade, Micah Hyde was 88.2, I believe. I'll go back. 
Run defense grade, 50.8. Just a little lower than Micah's, which is probably why his whole PFF grade is lower than Micah's, which I don't understand because Jordan Poirier is a freaking hitter. He's a hitter. Now, Jordan Poirier's out here, and Jordan Poirier wants a new contract. Right? And I can't say I blame him because this is his last year of his deal. He was a first-team All-Pro. Why wouldn't he want to get paid a little bit? Now, to be fair, I've watched a bunch of other shows like Joe Marino, and they've said too, like Jordan Poirier's 31, 32 years old. I'll look at it. Jordan Poirier's 31, same age as Micah Hyde, 10 years in the league, same as Micah Hyde, uh, six foot 191. He's six pounds smaller than Micah Hyde. So a little small. I thought he was bigger than Micah Hyde, but, you know, just because you're not as big doesn't mean you're not going to play with, the, you know, the balls. Here we go. Hard hitter, not scared to try knock your head off. Yeah, Jordan Poirier is not scared to knock anybody's head off. Love it. Would you say Hyde and Poirier are the best safety duo the Bills have ever had? Yeah. And the best in the league right now. Easily. Best in the league last five, five years since they've been tandem. Yeah, they are the best. Now, it's not to say that they're the best. Either one of them is the best safety that we've ever had. You know, we've had some pretty good safeties in the past. But, yeah, they're the best tandem. Like, in my lifetime, the only tandem that I can really remember that I liked any was Aaron Williams and um, Corey Graham. But that's because most of my football watching was from the drought era. Like, when I was a kid, I was too hyper to really pay attention to football. So I didn't. I'd catch the Super Bowls, and I'd watch a game or two here and there, but I was never actually sitting down watching and enjoying them play. I was more kind of just like peering in and saying, oh, okay, that was a nice play, and then looking away and doing whatever I was doing with my ADHD self. But once I you know, hit the age of 14, 15, I started sitting down and really watching, and that's kind of the years of disappointment that were the drought. Now here we are. Drought's over, baby, and I am firmly entrenched in watching ball. Firmly entrenched and trying to understand what they're doing on the field. Firmly entrenched on figuring out cover two, cover three, cover zero. Are they blitzing? Is it man? Is it zone coverage? Is it zone blitz? What are they doing? I am firmly entrenched in all that. And and I love breaking stuff down. I love figuring out what they do. And I think that a lot of times the numbers don't exactly tell you what these guys do. Like run defense, five point or fifty point eight doesn't tell the whole story of Jordan Poyer's tackling ability. The dude had ninety three tackles this year. But those two statistics right there give me polar opposite views of what he does and what he's capable of. Jordan Poirier is now standing corner or outstanding safety. And I think he should get extended, but I don't think that his money per year should go up. Right. And, and Joe Marino brought this point up on his show, uh, the herd mentality. Jordan Poirier is a one-time all pro. Tyron Matthew is a two-time all pro. Tyron Matthew is averaging less per year right now than Jordan Poirier. I think that Jordan Poirier should get an extension. I think that I would be happy with Jordan Poirier making between nine and twelve million dollars a year. I'd be fine with that. If you give him a three-year deal, thirty million dollars, that would be ideal to me, right? Because for his age, his position, they're usually good, well into their thirties. Safeties. I'd say he's got another good three, four years left. Give him that three-year extension. Give him thirty million dollars. Do the same for Michael Hyde. Extend him two years, twenty million dollars, since he's got two more years left on his deal. And make these guys happy, let them stick around for the rest of their careers, and let them both retire as Buffalo Bills like we all want them to do. Right? That's not too much money to ask. It's not crazy to pay your safeties that much. This is that's good for two guys who are all pros. Right? This is to me, that's just it. You you pay these guys. I still remember when Nate Clements leveled Tom Brady. Oh, I love watching. I pull that shit up just to watch it every now and then. 
Love it. Yeah. So this is going to be my soundbite here. Right? Because every every show we're supposed to do a soundbite. I like doing mine at the end because there's a lot to talk about. Right? Tredavious White coming back from his injury, whether it's week one or week seven or week five or whatever it is, Tredavious White will be ready to play. Right? The Bills are not going to risk losing their guy that they're paying $75 million to with all that guaranteed money because they were rushing him back to injury. This is not Mike Shanahan and Robert Griffin III. This is Tredavious White, the Buffalo Bills, with the best training staff in the NFL, the best training facility in the NFL. They're going to make sure that that guy is ready to go. Jordan Poyer and Micah High deserve to get paid. They, they should be extended so they both have their contracts in the same time, and the team should let them know, hey, we want you guys until you're 34, 35 years old. That's it, max. Right After that, we got to try and move on. And I'd be perfectly fine with that. I'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, I would like for them to both retire here in Buffalo. If they both have more in the tank still at that time, then you extend it for another year or two. Go year to year like you did with Jerry Hughes. I'm content with that type of move for those two guys. Hey, Penny, I can't wait for football either. Right? There's no reason why this team shouldn't – the secondary should not be able to be kept together for the next four to five years. For the for the remainder of Kyrie Elam's rookie contract, you kept you have Trey White, Kyrie Elam, uh, Jordan Poyer, and Micah Hyde. That would be ideal for me. That would be ideal for me because you have two safeties with the instincts and the ability to train people in front of them and behind them to be able to go out there and play their best. Hey, play free! I got your back. That's their motto. That's what they do. And that's the end of my rant. That's that's my soundbite right there. But, um, yeah. Hey, I'm here for questions, man. If you guys got something, I, I'll, I'll go an hour and a half. We got eight minutes, seven minutes, seven and a half, whatever. Uh, you got something for me. Ask some questions. You know, like um, some, someone asked earlier about Kair Elam. And, uh, look, I think Kair Elam, I think it was Charles Asuko. Uh, I think that Kair Elam is going to be a beast, man. I think that he's going to be a beast. No questions asked. I think Dane Jackson brings a lot of lot of uh, balance to this offense or defense. Excuse me. Wow, I'm talking too fast. Brings a lot of balance to this defense. Kyrie Elam. He may take a little time to develop. He may he may start off slow, or he might pull off a Trey White and start off awfully fast. We never know. Thoughts on Cleveland? Most likely right now, having Brissett as their starting QB. <sighs> Well, um, being that that guy is going to be suspended, uh, the rumors are it's a year. Uh, there are other rumors saying that the uh, the judge may only allow them to suspend him for six to eight games. But there's also rumors that there's push for him to be suspended indefinitely, like banned. So I don't know, but if this if it's Jacoby Brissett playing, like we've never lost him. As a matter of fact, we spanked every team that we played that he started for. So, yeah, bring it on. I'm down for that. And that's what they get to, right? Here's the thing. That is the most Browns thing to do, is to have a quarterback that you drafted first overall come in. The first quarterback you drafted since Bernie Kosar come in, take you to the playoffs a couple times. Win you a playoff game against the Steelers where you smash them, right? Then after a season where you clearly know the guy is injured, a shoulder injury at that. And what you do is we're going to go after this guy who has all these pending charges where he abused women, which in and of itself is sick as it is. 
It's sick. You give him the richest contract ever in the NFL at $230 million. Guaranteed. You idiots. You idiots. You have three first-round picks for him. Those are gone. They're gone. You got hosed by Houston, who hasn't hosed anybody since before Bill O'Brien was a head coach. But they hose you, Browns, because that's what you do. Ah, oh, Jesus Christ. Like, Cleveland just pulled the most Cleveland move there is to make. And I'm just – you made your bed, you lie in it. You had a quarterback who took it to the playoffs. He had he had the best rookie season ever at the time. In his rookie year, it was it 33 touchdown passes? Are you insane? Let me, let me, let me look that up real quick. I'm going to look up Baker Mayfield's rookie season. Right? I know a lot of people here don't care about Baker Mayfield, but the kids showed some promise. And they dumped on him. And then they expect him to stick around and play one more year. Get the hell out of here. Kiss it, baby. 27 touchdown passes. And he had, where's his rushing? Rushing, rushing, rushing. That is not rushing. That's passing. Just passing. Rushing. There we go. And he had no rushing TDs that year. So he had 27 total touchdowns. He had 14 interceptions. Not bad for a rookie year. Dude put up 3,725 yards in 13 games. What? Okay. Yeah. Baker Mayfield's good enough for a team to win a Super Bowl with. Sorry. And people will say, no, I don't think so. I, Trent Dilfer won a damn Super Bowl. Okay, Baker Mayfield's better than Trent Dilfer. The Browns, make your bed lie in it. I don't care. Suck it up, buttercup. So what type of contract should they offer Edmonds? I think Edmonds should be offered. I'd go with like a five-year, $55 million contract for Tremaine Edmonds. I would try to backload most of the uh, cap hits because the cap's going to start going up pretty good incrementally. Right? So you take less hit now or this coming year, and then you have like an out two, three years in. Right, so five-year, $55 million, $11 million a year. I don't think he's worth more than that, in my opinion, not with what he's done on the field. You know, Of course, you sign somebody for what they're going to do, and somebody else may want to overpay for him. I wouldn't. You let other teams overpay for players. That's just a smart thing to do. I would let him go if uh, he won't sign a five-year, 55 or I mean, if you want to go 60, sure, and you're just 12 a year, that's that's absolutely the max. But somebody's going to offer him some five-year, $90 million deal, and you let him go. Just you, Go ahead, man. You got it. And when they regret it, that's their business. Or if they play him in a position that he's better at, then, you know, good on him. Good on him. But his, his numbers here have not warranted anything higher than that. That's just where I'm at with him. So did they get these? Did they get that straightened out on tickets to practice games? Uh, I think that they sold out of practice tickets already. I got preseason tickets to to go watch the Bills play the Panthers, so I'll be in Buffalo for that. But yeah, this um, I think they I think they did get it squared away, and they already sold out, I believe. So that's that's what happens when you have a team that makes the playoffs, you know, four out of five years. After 17 years of no playoffs, uh, what we'll be looking for next draft? 
O-line, replace someone we didn't sign. I think that offensive line is very likely to be uh, something that we do, especially in ex- interior offensive line. I think Roger Saffold is a one-year rental, and unless somebody like Questenberry or Cody Ford goes in there and takes that job and Roger Saffold's the starter this year, I think you could see um, the Bills look for a starting guard in the next round or first round of next year's draft. They may even move up for him if they want somebody special. Uh, then you'd have somebody taking up a spot on the interior offensive line opposite Ryan Bates, who you just paid. And, uh, yeah, that, that very well could be it. But if, if Cody Ford goes in there and plays better in Cromer's system, takes that job, you never know. Uh, also, Questenberry, he's 31, though, so he might be a one-year guy too. But he, he might be somebody who can take over at right tackle for a year. You know, Spencer Brown might be able to use a little time on the bench. I like Spencer Brown, but he didn't grade out that great. Not this past year. Go Bills. This is our year. you damn right, bro. This is my little brother here, Marcial Manero. Marcial Antonio Manero. Baby on the way. Can't wait to meet my nephew. Let's go. So he still gets that even if he's suspended in, indefinitely. Uh, so there is one way to cancel that contract, and that's if the NFL says that he cannot get paid. The NFL can actually suspend him without pay and revoke that contract. And that's in all NFL contracts. If you do something messed up and they decide that you are not fit to play, it can be nullified. That contract was designed to buffer him being suspended for six to eight games. That's it. But if he's suspended forever, he won't get paid. So there was a mix-up online. Uh, no, there, there was. And I think it was because uh, there was the servers were overloaded. But I believe now I saw somewhere that the tickets are actually sold out. But if you find some, let me know. They sold out of free tickets. I don't know, maybe. Or maybe they're all just taken. It's sold out, all taken. Synonymous, but not the same. I got it. That's my bad. So if Ford needs to go... Maybe, maybe he just didn't fit in OG Bobby Johnson's scheme. We have a real offensive line coach now, somebody who Taylor makes the roles for his guys. He doesn't put people in positions to have to do something that they're not used to doing. You never know. Sometimes players leave a team, go somewhere else with a different scheme, and then find the light. This could be that. You have a new offensive coordinator in in, uh, in uh, Dorsey, right? It's going to run a lot of the same stuff, but the offensive line scheme is going to be different. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I'm not. I'm not saying that he's going to take over the job. I'm saying if he does, though, if if that happens to happen and he happens to excel in this system, I'm all for resigning Cody Ford. If he does, if he finds himself, yeah. Spencer Brown has a lot of promise. I agree, he does, but he uh, he didn't grade well this past year, and Questenberry graded very well. So you could see him take a backseat for a year, which wouldn't bother me at all. I like your shirt, Izzy. Thank you very much. My wife bought me this for Father's Day. She loves me. I've <laughs> uh, been married for almost 19 years, so yeah, she must if she stayed this long. Uh, looking to go out of country, possibly for our anniversary this year. Trying to get me to get my passport. Said so Dilly Dilly, Wyatt Teller is a good example of a lineman fitting a certain scheme. We released him, and now he's with the Browns. He's 
pro bowler. Yes, but we didn't release him. We traded him. We got a, a fifth round pick for him or something, or, or a sixth round pick. I'm from Rochester, baby. And my wife is too, but we live in North Carolina now. Uh, after I got out of the military, we just stayed. But yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt Teller is a very good example of a guy who just wasn't going to make the team. He didn't fit the scheme. Uh, we sent him packing, and he went somewhere else and lit it up. And now he's an all-pro, pro bowler, and he got a contract extension. He's one of the best guards in the league. He just didn't fit our scheme. So this is Cody Ford's chance to prove that it's the scheme and not him. Now, if he doesn't prove it, then, yeah, he's got to go. He's got to go. But if he comes in here and he, he kicks ass because he's a mauler, his style of play is mauler. And Cromer's defensive or his, his offensive line scheme is very much the type that's going to fit that. Rochester, let's go. So I graduated from Gates Chala High School. Let's go, Spartans. Woo! Where the mighty Spartans. Who? Ha, say what? I used to say it back in the day. I was on the football team for one year because I sucked. <laughs> but I got pretty good at wrestling. I got pretty good at it. Uh, pretty good, pretty fast. I started wrestling at 10th grade. And I was on JV for a couple years, and I went to varsity, and I did better than anybody I thought I was going to do, but I wasn't great. I got pretty good later on, though. Down in South Carolina, hey, I'm in North Carolina, about 45 minutes from the South Carolina border. Um, actually, south of the border, the place. Uh, kind of racist. <laughs> I get there, and Pedro, and I'm like, oh, shoot, <laughs> that's messed up. If you guys Google that. It's, it's kind of comically racist. It's not like... They're hateful or anything like that. It's just, you see this giant statue of a Mexican with a giant sombrero. It's wider than he is tall with a poncho. And you're like, Whew, okay, that's rough. So Bishop Kearney. Okay, there you go. Bishop Kearney High School. All right, all right. I, I remember that place. So Izzy, what's up, Keen? Hey, man, remember, we got to have you, you on for uh, hopefully next week. I pitched it to you. We'll see. Hopefully you're available. Facebook user, let's go Bills. You damn right. Say Peter Kinsella, ha ha, yeah. I don't know if you've been to south of the border, but you know what I'm talking about. Like you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you've been there, you're driving down 95, you hit, yeah. It's it's like what the hell is this? So getting ahead of myself, but looking forward to you to your roster projection next week. Any surprise cut? Hint, nope, no surprise cut hints. I'm not hitting nope because I haven't done it yet. So, like this week in my downtime, I'm actually going to sit there and kind of break down what I think is going to happen. I have no idea what I'm going to say, so I have no hints to give. Yeah, I, I, I have nothing to spoil because I, I just don't know yet, but I will be going deep into it. So, you think we will win our first game? Yes, I do because we don't lose to Jalen Ramsey. South of the border is good. It's gone. No, it's still there. It's absolutely still there. I'm going to show you guys this place real quick. Uh, no A in border. Yeah. South of the border, motor in. Uh, world famous roadside attraction. All right, just, just so you guys can get some context is what I'm talking about. So Josh Allen has been voted the scariest player. I saw that. That's, that, that he is. So they took 
a lot out though. Yeah, but the giant Pedro is still there, I believe. South of the border is nice. It is nice. Like it's not, it's not like they're trying to be malicious, but it's kind of like you get there, you're like, ooh. So Chrome tab, south of the border. This is south of the border. Right? And then this is the mascot over here, Pedro. They got shopping, dining, the food's not bad. You know, you got accommodations, and it's just it's just the presentation that, that's off-putting. Fort Pedro, there it is, fireworks. So you get fireworks there. This is some of the merchandise you can buy there. No, I'm not going to Instagram. Stop it. Where's the merchandise? Ah, okay, we're, we're going to back out of that. But yeah, you see this right here? The giant Pedro. Like, it's nuts, man. <laughs> oh, it's craziness. Uh, not like it used to be many years. Yeah, no, no. It, it was uh, a lot more busy years ago. Um, every time I go, because uh, every now and then work takes me into South Carolina, I drive past it. Especially if I'm driving to like um, Dillon, South Carolina, which is or, or Florence, which is just across the border. It used to be a lot busier. Like when I was in the army seven, eight years ago, much more busy. I'd drive down past that to get to Myrtle Beach, and it's it's died down quite a bit, but still there, still there. One of the weirdest places I've ever been. Uh, I'm not Mexican, so like I'm not like offended personally, but it's like ooh, somebody's offended personally. Uh, America, let's go. But uh, do you say? Do you think Josh Allen will be a Hall of Famer? I do. Yeah, I really do. I think I think he will be. Uh, I think that if Josh Allen continues to put up the numbers and and play the way he plays, uh, with less running and more passing, I'm hoping that that happens. I'm not saying I want him to have less rushing yards per se, but I would like to have him have fewer runs per se. So he puts up another 700 yards next year, but he has half the runs. Cool. I'm down for that. Damn it. I'm also not against him running it in on the goal line. Tom Reddy has done that his whole career. Goal line runs. He's one of the best at it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for Josh Allen running, just not as much. Uh, and his the, the development of his passing game has really shown that he can actually pull it off. He can, he can really change how he plays, you know, unless he really needs to, like when we played Atlanta. I think he kind of slept on uh, their, their cornerback, and then, you know, I forget his name. He's like the only good player on their defense, right? Like, And then he slept on him a little bit. He threw a couple of interceptions, and then he just took over the game with his legs. Didn't get hit much, but he took over the game with his legs. I'm all for that if it needs if it needs to happen. But most of the time, it's going to be like the first Kansas City game, like the New England games. He's, he's, he's just picking people apart on defense now. So Josh has got to get over 13 seconds. Ah, I think he's already over it. I think he's already over it. Said so yards after catch will improve. That's my baby bro. Uh, you are correct. Uh, one thing that we didn't have last year with uh, Cole Beasley and with um, – Manuel Sanders was guys who get a lot of yak, right? 
But then you bring in um, Jameson Crowder. Isaiah McKenzie gets plenty of yak. And then you have uh, Khalil Shakir from Boise State that we brought in this year. Those guys get yak. They catch the ball. They move the ball downfield. That's what they do. That's what they do. So, yeah, I, I agree with you, bro. So Buffalo knows what a Hall of Fame Hall of Famer looks like with Kelly and Allen is breaking all his records. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's just got to maintain that for years and years and years. I think Allen's going to be in the league for 15 to 20 years. So we'll see. I'm down for it. Said so Josh will get over. He's already over it, man. You think he's thinking about that still? No, he's moving on. He knows that you can't go into the, into the season this year thinking about 13 seconds. You got to get past it. You think about that as bulletin material the, the day before you play the Chiefs. Okay. The day before your first practice to go against them? I got you. Don't worry. There's not going to be no 13 seconds this time. There's not going to be any of that. So what are the odds we sign a vet cornerback if Trey isn't ready? I don't think there's a chance that we sign a vet cornerback. I think that we'll roll out there with uh, Dan Jackson and Kyer Elam. If you look at it, when we first drafted Trey White, who was our veteran corner across from him? EJ Gaines? Like, I don't even think it was EJ Gaines. I don't remember who the cornerback was on that side. Because we had traded away um, – we had traded away freaking – what's his name? Uh, Ronald Darby. We traded away Ronald Darby. Trey White was our number one corner. There's no, no reason we can't look at Elam as potentially the number one corner. Trey White was the fifth cornerback drafted in that draft. I think Elam was the same. Fifth, fifth corner drafted, but yeah, it's, I don't I don't see a problem. Plus, you have Dane Jackson, man number two spot. You got Taron Johnson in your slot, and then you have uh, Cam Lewis on the team still, who I think can play. I think I think he can play. Said so Bills offense is fire. Bills D is nasty. Does anyone know when Trey will be back? Um, <laughs> McDermott probably does. That's about it. Darby. Vontae Davis. Okay, there we go. Thank you. Mr. Retirement. And we traded Darby away that year, too. Like, he was like, bye. So you get rid of Darby. You bring in Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis retires at halftime in week two. Nah, this is a young man's game. And, you know, he's gone. He'll never live that down. That's his problem. But, yeah. He wasn't number one. Trey was. Trey had an excellent rookie year. So I don't I don't see a problem. I don't. But guys, I said I was going to an hour and a half. It's about to be an hour and 45. Uh, I would like to bid you all adieu and tell you guys how much I appreciate you guys and your contributions to the show. You guys, believe it or not, definitely contrib- contribute more than you know. And when you guys jump in here and help me out, if I forget something, and you know, come up with the name like Darby and Vontae Davis. It's very well, very much appreciated, guys. You guys are great. So when Trey gets back, lockdown, absolutely. Take care. You guys too. Have a good night. And you guys too. Have a happy Sunday evening. Do your thing and go Bills. Up oh, one more. Peter Diaz. He's still going hard. Is hey man. No, nah, I'm winding the hell down. I got. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down and watch a movie and uh, probably eat some snacks. I don't know. Not hungry right now, but probably we'll get to that eventually. 
As, as always, great show, Izzy. As always, Lone, you are a great contributor to the show. God bless you guys. Go Bills. <laughs>